Sponsored by Brilliant. WWDC 2020, Apple's annual Worldwide Developers Conference, is less than two weeks away. And that means our first look at iOS 14, Apple's next generation operating system for the iPhone, is also less than two weeks away. Now, there have already been some reports about just what exactly we might see this year, but I think after the pain of iOS 13 last year, there are also a few things we need to see this year. Chief among them, in my opinion, is the end of the monolithic update of Apple trying to drop the entire operating system every fall, and instead more of a roadmap of Apple announcing the features that will start shipping in the fall, carry through the winter, go into the spring, and end next summer before the next version of iOS is announced. But I'm going to go through everything, and if I miss anything on your personal list, just drop it in the comments below. Now, I've been asking for always-on lock screen complications for years, for the very same reason complications are so informative and actionable, glanceable and tappable on the Apple Watch. Maybe Apple's waiting on adaptive refresh rates on future iPhone hardware to offer that power efficiently, though. Something else I've been asking for for a long, long time is a guest board, something in between the lockdown pre-board and open springboard that would let you lend a phone to a person in distress to make a call or look something up on the web without also giving them access to all of your personal data. I know every convenience is a hole in security, which is why we see so many lock screen bypasses already, but the option to turn guest board on would be an absolute nice to have. For the home screen, their reports will get a list view like the Apple Watch got a while ago, even rumors of widgets. I've already done a whole video on that and more, so hit subscribe and you won't miss anything in this series. Also, the ability to set default apps has been reported, so I don't have to spend a lot of time advocating for them right now either. All I'll add is that if Apple has to compete for users on an app-by-app basis, that'll result in better Apple apps for everyone, including Apple. Drop a like below if you agree. When Steve Jobs first introduced the iPhone, the phone part got fully one-third of the billing, alongside widescreen iPod and internet communicator. Back then, for most of us, the phone was the most important part, and Apple had to make sure there was absolutely no way, no matter what else we were doing, that we'd ever miss a call. Now, though, for many of us, the phone is just another app, and we need a way to set phone call notifications to stop taking over the screen and simply become a notification like any other app. Also, while we've gotten FaceTime group calls now, we still don't have FaceTime call recording, with broadcast notification and consent, of course. And most importantly, for those of us stuck at home with family now equally stuck far away, FaceTime screen sharing for troubleshooting, like on the Mac. Apple has made huge strides forward when it comes to computer vision and machine learned saliency. Editing features for both stills and videos at a basic level are powerful and almost complete. One of the biggest things still lacking, though, is anonymization. That is to say, the ability to quickly and easily blur or block out the faces of people at risk, or children that shouldn't be shared, even license plate numbers. Apple already has face and scene detection. They need to provide face and scene protection for situations that demand it. Also, the ability to use technologies like smart HDR on the cameras that support it to do smart zoom for when we do need to capture better, cleaner, more color-accurate details. And it would also be great to be able to lock and hide albums, even entire apps, and unlock and reveal them with the Touch ID and Face ID system. Not all clunky and separate like notes, but simply and elegantly integrated like the authentication API already allows for password managers, banking apps, everything like that. 
Lastly, I'd love to see the full-on augmented reality camera app that's been rumored for years, but I'm guessing that'll have to wait on LiDAR for the iPhone 12 as well. Now, I know a lot of people want task management features built into mail, like snooze, or more machine learning to separate signal from noise, and all that's fine. It's great. What I really want is a recognition that mail is only one of the many modes of modern communications, and that VIP in mail should move beyond this one single solitary app and become a system-wide contact-level service so that it can be used to fine-tune notifications for everything. I mean, email VIP sync and phone favorites don't, and why are they separate? <laughs> what is even going on? If I don't want to miss an email from my mom or my bosses or my coaches, I sure as hell don't want to miss their iMessages or Slacks or Zooms or anything else. We've been able to set contact level apps for a while now. We should also be able to set notifications and organization priorities within them as well. It's 2020 and you still can't set multiple timers on iOS. Why does Apple not want me to be able to time my pizza and my cookies? This just feels like old technical debt that desperately needs to be paid down. Apple has been steadily improving maps for the last year, though primarily in the US. We just need those better maps to keep propagating internationally, especially things like the crowdsourced traffic data, so people have the choice to not hand their locations over to Google or Waze if they don't want to. The other big thing I'd love to see is augmented reality maps, where you don't just see directions, but you see them superimposed over the real world. Again, that might also be waiting on LiDAR and the iPhone 12, but we'll need it for glasses, so the sooner the beta, the better. I'd also love a CarPlay mode. People buy phones far more frequently than cars. Instead of just locking iOS down in car mode, take a page out of Google's playbook and offer the CarPlay experience on board instead. That way, everyone gets the functionality, even if they can't afford a new car yet. A while back, Apple bought Dark Sky. So I'm guessing that means better, hyper-localized weather for everyone eventually. And hopefully, internationally. I'd love uppercase love, the ability to set notes to plain text. Just let me paste in a link as a URL when I want to and need to. Also, top and bottom apps like there are side-by-side -side apps on the iPad. Sometimes I just need to take notes while I'm watching a video or reading something on the web and not being able to do it at all is way more frustrating than just having to do it on a smaller square app window. It tells you so much about the state of an industry when Apple can launch music and TV in over 100 countries on day one, but years and years later, news is still only available in a handful of countries. First, it tells me Apple should at the very least let all of us add any RSS feeds we want to into the news experience. Also, slap down a proper search tab so we can find any article at any time and integrate with Safari so anything we save to read later can be quickly and easily pulled up in the news app as well. That one's been on my list for years now. If I do a YouTube video on WWDC, while you're watching my video, you'll see MKBHD and iJustine and a bunch of other videos from other creators you may never have heard from before in the sidebar. That's what makes YouTube so powerful as a discovery engine. But if I do a podcast on WWDC, while you're listening, all you're gonna see is a list of my previous podcasts. I'd love it if Apple's podcast took a page from Google's YouTube here and showed me Gruber's WWDC podcast, Vitici's, Rockets, and a bunch of similarly focused episodes from new creators I could discover. Basically, not just artist pages based on shows, but dynamic topical pages based on episodes as well. 
Apple introduced continuity and handoff in iOS 8 back in 2014. It's 2020 now and we still don't have real continuity and handoff for media apps. Sure, you can use your iPhone to enter search and passwords on the Apple TV or tap music over to your HomePod. But what Hollywood devilry is preventing TV and music for that matter from just handing off like every other app on the platform? If I'm watching or listening to something on any other device and I need to leave, it should hand off to my iPhone so I can take it with me. When I come home, I should be able to push it off so I can watch or listen to it bigger and better. In other words, it should just work. So should picture in picture. I mean, I know the screen is cramped compared to the iPad, but if I want to watch something while taking notes or look up something while on the web, I'd rather do it cramped than just not be able to do it at all. And yet, I know, I know, even if Apple adds it, YouTube probably won't support it, but then at least we can all just yell at YouTube. Right now, fitness features on the iPhone are pretty much limited to showing off whatever you've accomplished on your Apple Watch. But there are reports that the iPhone will actually be getting fitness features of its own this year, namely guided workouts. Companies like Peloton have made a fortune offering services just like this, so it makes the kind of sense that does that Apple would want to expand into that market. And I, for one, can't wait to hear Apple fitness lead Jay Blonick just yell out repeatedly, on your left, on your left. I get that Apple either couldn't or wouldn't corral accessory makers the way they do pretty much everyone else in the ecosystem into letting Apple just control the experience. But years later, and we're still paying the price for home being fragmented across a plethora of vendor apps. And no, Hugh, I don't want you to overwrite all my damn rooms again. Stop it. I would so much love it if Apple would deprecate home control from within vendor apps and move it fully, finally, completely into the home app and then make it rock solid. Let vendor apps do things like offer control for accessories that don't otherwise work with HomeKit, but only Alexa or Google. Give them that. Safari will be getting an auto translation feature, which is great for people who just prefer not to use Google's. But even higher on my list, and while I'm not blaming Safari for this, I am blaming the misuse and abuse of its WebView offshoots. Whatever is happening with universal links, which are supposed to let you tap a YouTube or Insta URL in Twitter and go to the YouTube or Insta app or all the vices versa and not be held prisoner in any of their web views just hasn't worked for a while now and it really needs to be fixed or re-engineered or simply enforced and maybe offer a way for users to override and customize them for themselves. There are a bunch of reports about messages getting better group features like multi-typing bubbles and at mentions, which is great. Likewise, mark is unread and message retractions because who hasn't whoops, whoopsied on more than one occasion. Many years ago though, Apple began experimenting with peer-to-peer and relay messaging, basically off the net, off the grid, even if a disaster takes down the net and grid, you could still use ad hoc Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to communicate with other people, from people to people. Given the recent advances with everything from the Find My Network to COVID-19 tracking APIs and the increased need for people to have safe, secure, resilient, and rugged ways to communicate with each other, it'd be great if messages offered in offline mode just like that. Okay, so... I'm gonna save my Siri list for now because I think it's big enough and important enough to warrant its own video. Hit that bell gizmo so you'll be alerted as soon as it goes live. But basically, I think Siri OS is the future. And as much as Apple's Silicon team has been key to their success over the last decade, their machine learning team will be just as key to the next decade. And 
Right now, there's just no indication they've stopped fumbling that particular ball, never mind started picking it up and running with it again. If you want to help out with that, check out Brilliant. Here's an example from their Neural Networks course. You have to find your keys, but your room is just hella messy. As you look, your wall tiles change colors, revealing how close or far away you are from the last guess. Even if you have no clear indication how to structure your guesses, you can still get better round after round, figuring out your strategy based on the feedback and finding your keys in surprisingly few guesses. That's because brilliance Brilliance is teaching you the most complex of concepts by breaking them up into bite-sized, understandable chunks. You start by having fun with their interactive explorations, but over time, you'll be amazed at what you can learn. Whether you're a student looking to get ahead while school's out, a professional who wants to brush up on cutting-edge topics, or someone who wants to learn the skills needed to someday change the world, you can learn more by going to brilliant.org slash Ritchie and signing up for free. Also, the first 200 of you that go to that link can level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. Thanks, Brilliant, and thanks to all of you for your support.